Welcome to Flowcast, the podcast conversation about people changing lives in hopeful ways. I'm Sister Beth Murphy. Today, I'm with two Springfield Dominican sister sages. Sister Jane Ann Beckman and Sister Barbara Blessy have accompanied young people in many capacities as teachers, spiritual guides, and mentors. I've asked them to join me today for a conversation I hope our listeners will find practical and inspiring. What spiritual practices do we sisters take for granted that might be helpful for everyone? Welcome, Sister Jane Ann and Sister Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I look forward to our conversation. (laughs) So do I. Once I heard a young professional woman say with great passion that she wished that she'd been given the same formation in prayer and spirituality as Catholic sisters. We take these things for granted and we barely think about them because they've become such a part of our everyday life. But they really are a school for spiritual growth and a doorway into a deeper relationship with God. And they don't belong only to us. So let's share. Uh, Sister Barbara, will you start by introducing yourself and and telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and where you are and what you're doing? My name is Sister Barbara Blessy. I am currently serving in a parish in southern Illinois. I didn't know that Illinois was so much more southern than Springfield, but it is. Uh, In southern Illinois in Carbondale area, and I'm working in a parish there. Previous to this ministry, I worked in high school, taught theology to high school students, and then eventually became the director of campus ministry in one of our larger high schools. And after that, I had the opportunity to do a little bit of a stint of leading people or accompanying people who were going to the Holy Land to check that out. And so we went to five different countries while during the time I was doing that. And that was quite exciting as a ministry. I did that for about four years. Anyway, that was just a little bit of my background. Thank you. Sister Jane, how about you? I've been in education all my life. Uh, I've taught at many different levels, at the elementary level and for many years in the high school. And then I was a mentor to uh, women entering our religious community for uh, six years. And now, presently, I'm working in Aurora at the Dominican Literacy Center. And here I minister to and uh, teach English as a second language. And we have women here uh, of all ages and of many different cultures. So it's very exciting and interesting ministry. Thank you. You are very welcome. And it's a very needed ministry as well. And a different way of being in education than many of our listeners might think about, but also a very important one. So what would you like to share about your everyday practices that inform your Dominican life that you think might be helpful to our listeners? I'd like to talk about silence. We have the gift of silence just built into our religious life, and I've really come to appreciate it. I like to take my time of silence right away in the morning. I start with a cup of coffee and a a time of silence. Just, you know, not going and not doing, but just being. Just sitting silently and quietly and being in the presence of God. 
we sort of call it contemplative silence. And it's a time when I am present to God. I try to make myself present to God and to acknowledge God's love for me and intentionally open myself and give God a chance to speak to me. There's a little catchy phrase, let go and let God, some people like that. And that's what I, I try to do during that time. It's, it's so important to develop a relationship with God, which many people are hungering for. It's like any other relationship. Uh, if we're going to deepen it, we need to spend quality time together. And that's what the time of silence is, is a contemplative time to be with God. And it, sometimes um, it takes different forms. Sometimes I, I use the scriptures of the day to listen to God, to speak to me, to be present and to be open and to be trusting. For some people, uh, they find being with God in nature is another way God might speak to them. So for different people, it might be different, take different forms. But the important thing is that we set a time for that silence, for that being present to God. One person one time said, I think God comes knocking on the door of our heart often, but we're often not home. So this is a time to be home and to be with God. So uh, it's, it's a gift I really appreciate. And I think we really need it. I don't know if we realize how much our minds and hearts are bombarded with with input every day, you know, noise, you might call it good noise or bad noise, but to turn off, you know, all the social communication or iPhones and TV might sound radical, but it really is something the human spirit needs. And certainly to grow spiritually, we need that time with God. So that's one thing that I, I really feel is important part of our our spiritual life and could be a really wonderful tool and gift to all people but we just need to find that time and really value it so that would be one uh, wonderful suggestions <laughs> i i think uh, it would be good for all of us uh, humanly speaking we need it we need it to be a healthy human person and we need it to be a healthy spiritual person Thanks, Jane Ann. And I'm, I'm finding that the younger population, young adults, are really being drawn to the practice of adoration, where the Blessed Sacrament is put in what we call a monstrance and displayed for all to come for a time of prayer and adoration for maybe up to an hour or so. And that's been very meaningful for young people. And I think it's just as you kind of hinted there, where uh, it's a time to put away the devices. It's a time to, to know that you are in God's presence and really focus on the divine presence of Christ and the Blessed Sacrament. And a time to be quiet and um, deal with life. You know, life these days is not only noisy and busy, but it's very complex relationships relationships can be, be very complicated and very messy. And yet, you know, people need God, God's guidance in the midst of all that. So one of the ways that young people have 
have felt drawn to is this adoration of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. Now, I, as an older person, I remember that when I was a, a very young child, and that was a practice as I was growing up. And yet, and, and then it was also kind of uh, used again once I entered religious life. We did that weekly, I believe. But um, I kind of got away from it. it. It wasn't as meaningful for me. But now, and so when young people were saying that, the, you know, that was really important to them and they found it helpful, I was like, really? Why? You know, mm-hmm. but I think I know now. I think I know that it's it's a precious time that allows you to be in God's presence and to just appreciate the presence of God, but also to ask God's guidance to help you to, you know, untie the knots in your life and try to figure it out and how you can be a better uh, human being moving forward. You know, another practice that's really important for me, and it's important for Dominicans, is the practice of study. We even call it one of the four pillars of Dominican life. For us, we have four pillars, uh, prayer, study, community life, and preaching. And so I'd like to just spend a moment on study. Study's been very important for me because it helps me to engage um, my imagination and understanding who God is in my life. And I remember as a young sister, uh, one of the things I did, and, and I do it sometimes even now, is when I would come across a quote that I liked in some kind of spiritual book or in the Bible, and even today on Facebook, right? I'm saving various memes from Facebook that are inspiring. And so what I've done is I've just, I just write them in a little notebook. I write them down, and in the writing of it, it helps me to remember the meaning for myself. And so it's kind of a collection of quotes. It's a way to, to study. Another way to study would be to read the scriptures, the scriptures that are assigned to us by the church every day, but also just to pick up the Bible and read various books of the Bible and keep asking ourselves the questions, you know, what is God saying to me now? How can this relate to me in my life right now? But besides the Bible, you've got also the book of creation. Jane Ann mentioned um, nature. And we can also turn to nature and look and see what God has done there and find that very rich and pondering it. What does that mean about who God is in my life? So then there's also other books, you know, that are specifically written about religious topics those might be something that you could pick up and read through. And if there's something that strikes your imagination, jot it down, think about it, write even about it a little bit more extensively. So do something like a journaling situation where you just continue to to write just as if you would if you were writing in a diary. You think about God's presence with that quote and, and write about it. And it kind of unfolds, it expands, it, it becomes deeper and more integrated in your life when you actively engage it in that way. Thank you so much, Sister Barbara. You know, there's reading, and then there's reading. And I think one of the things that you're alluding to when you're talking about studying is a kind of reading that we call Lexio Divina. Would you like, or would either of you like, to say a little bit about what that means You know, because if I've got to speed read a book for my class, that is not anywhere near what we're talking about when we're reading, doing holy reading, 
which is both study and contemplation. So I wonder what you might say about that. Well, I, I could address that a little bit. You are right. It's reading and there's reading. But in, in terms of Lexio Divina, that means divine reading. You know, it's reading with the intent of, of being aware of God's presence in the process of reading. So just by its very nature, it's a little slower process. And you read, let's say, a very short passage of scripture or a short passage in a, a book that's a spiritual reading book, whatever. Just read a short passage and then go back over it a couple of times, almost like you're chewing it up and digesting it and getting all the juice out of it. So you go over it and over it and over it and kind of ask yourself, what word or phrase jumps up at me? What what makes um, me pay attention a little bit closer here? What is it that draws me to God in what I'm reading? And then again, you know, it, you, it's something you might write down to help you to remember it in the future. But it's, it's that kind of slower paced reading and really digesting it, taking it in so that it's making a difference in your heart and in your mind. So I don't know, is that, you know, another thing besides Lexio Divina, what I've also come across is something called Visio Divina, which is, you know, watching videos or movies or those kinds of things. And again, you know, once the video is over or stopping the video in the middle, something that strikes you that it's not a good word to use strikes, but anyway, impresses you, touches you, pause for a little while and see how that expands your notion of where God is in this particular video, this visio part. There's also, let's see, what's the other one? Well, the visio divina, but there's also just in like peace. Well, visio divina would also be like works of art mm -hmm. where you can, you know, just sit and appreciate the artist's work especially, you know, it might be, a, might be a picture of a holy scene from the scriptures, or, or maybe it's just something beautiful in nature that's been captured by this particular artist. And you kind of ask yourself, what, where's the beauty? Where's the truth in this particular thing? But it's taking the time to do that. And it's, it's okay, rather than passing by and just rushing by. And it becomes, you know, I don't know, a piece of grass or something that you don't pay too much attention to, but yeah. Barb, when you mentioned art, that made me think of uh, Fra Angelico's uh, Dominican, famous Dominican artist who yes. has pictures of St. Dominic sitting very quietly and peacefully with the scriptures open in his lap. And I, I have that uh, picture in my uh, bedroom and I really appreciate it because when I look at it, uh, it is such a peaceful scene. And it reminds me of the importance and the value of that silent sitting. And, or it could be Lexio Divina. It could be contemplative prayer. But that's one art piece that I, I uh, thought about when you were talking about uh, finding uh, art as another avenue of prayer and appreciation. The other one is, um, uh, I don't know if everyone's familiar with it, but it's Andre Rublev's 
trinity, trinity of persons. And that's what I like about it. It's, it shows God as relationship. And in that picture, there's an open space to enter into that community of persons, that God of relationship. And that helps me to pray and be in that space with God, the Trinity of persons. So those are just two art pieces that came to mind as you were speaking. So you're right, Barb, uh, finding art, beauty, if it's nature or uh, famous art pieces, it's it's very good form of entering into the spiritual life and being with God or being with that uh, beauty in God is beauty, God is relationship. So all of those things are ways of being with God. So uh, that's just reminded me. And when you were talking about study, I also thought about our practice of dialogue in community. Part of our community life is, you know, finding times to pray together, finding times to share a meal together, and then scheduling time to uh, dialogue. We call it conventional chapter or dialogue, whatever, but it's a time when we study, maybe we're studying a special issue, a gospel justice, and then we come together and we share our study with each other. And it often results in, as a community then, in committing ourselves to some action following that study. For example, this year uh, we are studying and trying to deal with the whole issue of ecology and our environment and studying uh, Pope Francis's encyclical. So this is a wonderful thing uh, that's part of our community life that uh, is enriching. It enriches our life. It deepens us to, um, to the needs of our world and people through our studies. So I think we, we need to get you know, beyond the surface conversations sometimes and really have somebody, some community, some group of people to be with and talk about really important issues in our life and in our world. So that's, uh, that's another practice that I think is very valuable, coming together with others to share the fruits of our study and often then, as I said, it results in some action to, uh, to improve the world. You know, we all want to you know, do something meaningful with our life and give our life in service. And um, as a result of our dialogue, we, we do. We, we see how better we can serve together, how better we can work together, uh, improve our world, and, and uh, make it a better place. Build God's kingdom. That's what we're about. I, I thought of dialogue as you were talking about study. I think those are very great suggestions. Everything that you've said so far, silence and praying before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, studying and dialogue. How can young people make these practical in their own lives? You know, it's one thing for us as sisters, but what would you say to young people? How would they, how could they do that? What would that look like in the life of a, especially a young, single, uh, professional person? What would it look like? Well, this may sound very simplistic, but a lot of young people have friends and friends that think like them or um, have the same interests. And so, you know, I always like things like book studies, but it doesn't have to be a book study. It's just what it has to be is people coming together for the purpose of really listening 
and, le and learning from one another. So Jane Ann talked about the, the benefit of our dialogues that we have in community life. And I'm just always astounded at what I learned from the other sisters and their perspectives and viewpoints about things. It makes me richer. It makes me, it opens my eyes to see something in a totally different way. And we sometimes talk about it like a worldview where our view of the world, you know, it's so important that we understand that we each have a worldview. That's one thing that, you know, some people don't even know that they've got a worldview until they run up against somebody that has a different worldview. But I think that's the that's the beauty of getting together with other people. So I would say go looking for one or two or three. And when you're getting together, you'll find it probably so rich that you'll think of other people that you want to invite into the conversation. And you also kind of don't want the group to be too, too big because then you know, sometimes people then sit on the sidelines and don't speak up or don't say anything or they're very shy or they think their opinion doesn't matter. That's another thing that when you get together with folks to talk about things that really matter, you want to involve everyone because the spirit, we believe the Holy Spirit is at work in everybody, no matter the, what their age or uh, what their life experience has been, you can learn from each other. You know, another aspect that I would like to take dialogue just a little bit in a different direction here. Let's say you're living in a house of uh, young people, maybe two or three, you're renting a house together or something, and, and you have to live together. So you're eating together, you're doing whatever together, but you run into um, a problem and you need to deal with that problem. So instead of arguing and yelling and, you know, which just leads to conflict and trying to prove who is right, what you might want to do is enter into discussion about why is this happening? And so then once you've kind of brought that to the surface, what can we do to remedy the situation? And maybe what you thought would be part of the answer and the other person would, and another person would bring another part of the answer. And together you mutually come to a solution so that it's not just yours or theirs, and it's not a we and a them kind of situation, but it's more mutual and, and uh, moving toward understanding the other person. And you might find that you end up with a more peaceful solution, something that more people can, you know, live with and and prosper from or benefit from. Anyway, we call that disputatio, right? I think that's what it's called, you know, and it can be all kinds of levels of that, but problem solving would be one of the levels. But the important thing there is to listen carefully to the others in the group, invite everybody to, to voice an opinion, listen to everybody, and then mutually come to some kind of a consensus to um, help you to address the dilemma that you're in. I, I just think that's part of Dominican practice as well, besides just reading books and enjoying what you're learning. As far as silence is concerned, it, it's probably difficult in this busy, noisy world. So the only suggestion I can make is just if you want to grow spiritually, really making the effort, finding the five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you can do a spare 
to uh, if it's at the beginning of your day, at the end of your day, or maybe walking out of the office for lunch and walking in the park silently, being uh, being silent there. I've heard some people say that traveling to work, they turn off the radio. And true, you got to pay attention to traffic. But that that can be a time of silence and, and thinking and being in, in the God's presence. Uh, in the last podcast or flowcast, it was uh, the young man, not, I can't remember his name, talked about walking into the cathedral downtown Chicago uh, from the blaring horns and the noisy ambulance sirens. He walked in and it was so peaceful, so quiet. So if, if there's an opportunity to do something like that, just giving yourself some time, some quiet, some peaceful silence. And it can grow. Once you've experienced it, you'll probably be able to find more time or more opportunities. But it, it is something you have to set time aside and find it and value it. But I promise it's worth it. <laughs> yes, I agree, Jane Ann. And, you know, for me, that's kind of like creating and choosing space for God. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the time and the place where I'm going to allow God. I'm going to be more attentive to how God might be speaking to me. One, Someone one time suggested this practice to me, and it was beneficial for me when I did it. I have to confess I'm not doing it at the moment. But this person said, get yourself a little notebook, just one of those tiny little things, put it beside your bed. And before you go to bed at night, think about your, your day. And what were the three things that were you would consider blessings for your day? So they might be some, you know, warm, fuzzy kind of experience. Or there might be a challenge in there that you learned from. So anyway, this person said, write down three of them, just three. That's it, three. And you write them down as a word or a phrase. You're the only one that's going to read this, so just write it down. And if you do that on a regular basis every evening and you close the book, you go to sleep, what happens is you make more space for that kind of awareness the next time you walk through life. So as you walk through life, you might see something that you wouldn't have noticed before, except for the practice that you are training yourself to look for the blessings and to figure out why it's a blessing for you and and be able to describe the blessing for yourself. It's just a practice to help you to widen that awareness. I would just recommend it. It's kind of along the lines of journaling. Sometimes journaling takes a little bit longer and you might want to do journaling like every other day or twice a week or something. But this is something you could do absolutely every night. And then the the rich part is going back and flipping through those pages and seeing, you know, what you had noticed and how your uh, ability to notice has widened and broadened over the days because you have been on high alert. Anyway, I found that a, a good practice when I did it. Thank you so much for that. Two things have come to mind, a word and an image as I'm listening to you. I think the word that wraps around all that you've talked about so beautifully is intentionality. 
And these are all practices that you are using or have used in the past. You don't have to feel uh, bound to them forever. You, somebody once said once, you know, what is there's, we, we talk about a Franciscan spirituality, you know, and a Jesuit spirituality. What's Dominican spirituality? And the way I like to answer that question is to say, pray as you can and not as you can't. What works is what is good Dominican spirituality, because everything that we do, our prayer, our study, our reflection, our silence is all for the sake of the preaching. St. Catherine put it this way, I think, you know, you've, you've, got to, you've got to have a full cup before that can flow over into preaching. So those are very practical tips that you've given our listeners to use, but they don't have to try to do them all at once. And it doesn't take a lot of time, Sister Jane Ann, you mentioned, you know, start with five minutes. If that's all the silence you can find, that's all you will need. And if you are standing with intentionality in that silence, God will find you and you will notice the difference over time. So that's the word that came to mind as you were speaking. The image is that of a plant that you put in the ground or a seed. But let's take a little seedling that you've put in the ground and you're very anxious for this thing to grow. And so every morning you go out and you pull it up to see if the roots are bigger (laughs) and that's going to get you nowhere. So that's the other thing that you need to do is practice whatever discipline you're going to take on and give it plenty of time to bear fruit in your life. And I loved, Sister Barbara, what you said about that little journal notebook because it allows you to go back. And that's where you're going to see the fruit, right? Three months on or six months on. Right. You know, thank you for the image of grow, growing. One thing that was really important to me as a young sister, and it was in a conversation I had with a sister of St. Joseph when I was studying out in Providence, Rhode Island. She helped me to be aware of the fact that each of us has an image of God. And it's important for us to kind of engage that image from time to time, because sometimes we hold on to images that we learned or were taught when we were in second grade. And now we're 25 years old, and that image may not be very useful, or it may not be true for us anymore. So I would encourage people not to be afraid to look at your image of God, and not only look at it, but examine it. Is it really who you believe God is? Does it match up with what Jesus is telling us in the New Testament? Does it match up with your understanding of the world around you? For instance, we've got a new telescope in the sky, right? Far away, uh, launched on Christmas Day. And that telescope is now sending us pictures of the reality of the universe that we've never seen before. And so I have to tell you that my image of God has gone from uh, a rather narrow guy in the sky who's judgmental, keeping a list of my sins, to something that's just like way, 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 way bigger. My God right now is so big and getting bigger. (laughs) It's like cosmic proportions and it's just astounding and awesome and um, full of life for me. 
but I have come to the practice or I've come to the, I've become comfortable looking at my image of God and not be afraid that it is changing or should change because that's only going to benefit me. That sounds pretty focused on me. I don't mean that, but it's going to do something to my worldview. So it's going to make, make a difference in how I relate to other people around me, but also how I relate to creation itself and how I'm going to be a little bit more careful not to pick the, the little seedling up and out of the, the ground to, to check and to see if it's growing. You know, I can do that with, with African violets sometimes, but you know, just about uh, three months ago, I planted one leaf. I, I accidentally knocked a, a leaf off of an African violet and it was really sturdy and full of life, but it was, I had knocked it off the plant and I felt really bad. And I thought my mother used to put that in water. So I stuck it in water and a few days later I checked and nothing had happened. So then I looked online and they said, oh, stick it in the dirt right away. So I stuck it in some soil and I'm here to tell you, we've got about 12 leaves coming out of that one leaf in my little pot. That's just an amazing thing to me, you know, but it's part of the diversity. It's part of the life, the life that's there. And it's exciting to be in touch with that kind of life. And it's a great metaphor for what we're talking about. Yes. Do either of you have um, any closing words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners as we come to the end of our conversation? I was surprised when you called us sages <laughs> in your opening. <laughs> so wisdom, I don't know. I, I We mentioned, you know, finding people. Barb mentioned finding friends to, uh, to share with, uh, maybe even to pray with. And I think that's important to study with uh finding a community for yourself to um, be encouraged with and to be supported by. Uh, life is challenging today and difficult. And so to have support systems of friends and family and community is, a, a, I think, a really important thing in all of our lives to, uh, if it's grow spiritually uh, and to, to be the best person we can be and to and to do use the gifts that we have. So finding friends and community is, uh, I think, a, a very important part of everybody's life and what, what we really need. So that would be my closing wisdom. <laughs> I've got two things. Uh, one of them is, you know, when I think of who God is, I think of goodness and beauty and truth. So I would recommend that you surround yourself with goodness and beauty and truth wherever you can find it and enjoy it and enjoy life to the fullest. Laugh a lot. Find people that you can be yourself with and that you can allow them to be themselves in your presence. Be a safe presence for people. I just think that's really very important and it's what our world needs, I think, at this time. The other thing is... My dad, when he used to say things like, now you remember that nothing is so bad in life that can't be made worse except by sitting on a wasp. <laughs> so, you know, when I think of kids graduating or something and what are your words of wisdom, that's what comes to my mind. 
don't ever think that in it, your life is so bad that it can't be worse by sitting on a wasp. So stay away from the hornet's nest. <laughs> stay away from the wasps and, and embrace beauty in life. It's just, yeah. And it, it'll, it'll help you to become a sage as you grow and uh, mature throughout life. And don't be afraid to question either. You don't have to have all the right answers in the end. But the questions are beautiful. The questions are exciting. And that's what human beings do. We ask questions and we learn. Don't, don't be afraid of that. That is wonderful advice from both of you. Thank you so very much. When we produce the podcast, we put together show notes that show up on the website landing page, which is flowcastlisten.org. So I will go through this and pull out all of the great advice that you shared and make sure that our friends can uh, find links to the ideas that you shared uh, in the show notes. Um, and I want to say to our friends, thank you. Thank you for joining us today uh, for Flowcast. And I'm going to ask that you not hide us under a bushel. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a thumbs up and share a link with your friends. Flowcast is a production of the Dominican Sisters of Springfield, Illinois. That's for the Life of the World cast. Thanks to our guests, Sister Barbara Blessy and Sister Jane Ann Beckman, and our engineer, Mr. Brandon Durham. I'm Sister Beth Murphy. Until next time, know that you are indeed blessed. <laughs>